This is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield from The Lynn Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This is Mike Mansfield with The Wealth Puzzle. And hey, got Tony Shore here. So this is exciting, right, Tony? We had this uh, we had this weird issue, man, you know? We had the the girl version of Tony Tana on here. <laughs> Tony and Tana. Two or three weeks. And I know there's been a little bit of jealousy, a little bit of discontent amongst group members of our podcast. <laughs> no. And a lot of concern. That's, that's not true. I do miss you doing know. the show with you. When you do it with Tana, <laughs> I, I do sit here and weep the entire time. But uh, no, I, I think it's great. And I love Tana. Everybody loves Tana. So that's well, hard, know, hard to compete We've been doing this for that. years. And we, you know, we get the most responses directed towards Tana than anybody. So, oh, I, I know you I and I have been doing it, and all of a sudden Tana starts think, doing it, and then she gets the response. All right, so, so I go think at figure. this point, Tana should just take over it, and you and I can just go to lunch every week. Well, here's my thinking on it, Michael. Uh, I think where it's going to go, it's going to morph into the Tony and Tana show or the Tana and Tony show. There you go. And so you're just going to be out of the picture. I'd be like the Godfather, we're, right? We're going to shove you out of your own show. Yeah. And so I like that. The ring to it. Tana and it's the Tana and Tony show. Right. Right. You, you know, I just appreciate yeah. an occasional name drop every once in a while. Memory's sake. Mm. Um, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe not. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, it's your show, Michael, but I appreciate you having both Tana and I on. And maybe we'll all three. We should do a show with all three of us for fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Let's do yeah. it. So, uh, all right, so hey, get on to business, so, Tony. So we can all talk over each we, other. So there could be three people talking right hey, now. Hey, that time. that sounds fun. <laughs> the, um, but hey, I got a lot to talk about today. Down to business. So what have we what have we been talking about? Heck, I mean, all year we've been talking about our Ronanomics. Ronanomics, right? We've we've invented our own words. We've invented things, perhaps, but obviously here at the Group in Ventura, what do we do? We do retirement income planning. Our focus is to help you make sure that you have a properly formatted retirement income plan. When are you triggering your income? When are you triggering Social Security, taking your pensions, taking money out of an IRA or a Roth IRA or your non-retirement account? What is your tax liability? What are the impacts on your Medicare cash flow? There's so many things that we do to help people. But unfortunately, what what do they say about 2020, Tony? I don't know. They're <laughs> not good. Whatever people say about 2020. You know, you know that <laughs> yeah, it's guy. A dumpster those... fi- it's a dumpster fire. Oh, yeah. yeah. What are that? That's what they said about that debate, right? It was a, what that oh. one guy say? It's a. Oh, God, it was a, so funny. It's a dumpster fire inside of a typhoon inside i mean yeah. it's like a it was like a turducken basically described <laughs> yeah it was awesome um i don't remember <laughs> his direct line but it was so funny be it. the um but obviously this has been a very busy year right there's a lot going on this is creating a lot of we'll say emotional concern for clients the reality is is kind of interesting to me remember the the core of our clients most of them are retired or nearing retirement and i have to say tony i mean uh, 
easily 90% plus of our clients, the reality is, is had no impact on their, on their income. You know, if you're retired and you have your social security and you have your pension or you have your annuity income or whatever the thing is that's giving you the income, most of our clients, that didn't change. Most of our clients, no problems paying the bills and eating lunch. I mean, if you're allowed to go out to lunch, but, um, and that's a good thing. And then on top of it, things got a little exasperated, right? They gave everybody $1,200 checks. So in, in many respects, in a weird way, a lot of people actually did better this year. doesn't mean we did emotionally better. doesn't mean things aren't crazy. doesn't mean we're concerned about getting sick and all of these external issues. But from a financial standpoint, honestly, a lot of retirees weathered this reasonably well. It's the retirees that don't have a good, healthy retirement income plan that got screwed on the deal, right? Because if you're the, I have my money in the stock market, it's always in the stock market, it's been in the stock market my whole life, and that's also where I get my monthly income, well, that didn't necessarily fare well for you in the first half of the year, right? Um, you know, when things right. go down, that's a sour pickle. So, granted, I have a lot of clients invested in the stock market, so don't take it that we don't put clients in the stock market. That is absolutely a critical component of a proper retirement plan. It's just that we don't have our income driving assets in the stock market, right? Stock market's long-term growth, right? It's hedging against taxes yep. increasing, inflation increasing, all that kind of crazy stuff. So, you know, it kind of just really exasperates with the emotions and the chaos this year that everybody needs a good, healthy plan. So, yeah. Uh, so it's about it's about the plan. And really, yeah, totally. uh, I think I think what we're looking at uh, and I found the quote, it's a hot mess inside a dumpster <laughs> fire inside a train wreck. You could apply that a quote to a lot of things. <laughs> well, 2020 is. Yeah. I think it fits 2020 the best. Hot mess Absolutely. inside a dumpster fire inside. Absolutely. A yeah. You know, it's funny. Hey, you know that, um, you know, those hotels.com commercials or it's got that kind of skinny yeah. guy with the beard and, yep. and he's kind of funny. I, 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 there was a commercial on the other day where it was like, Hey, it's me from 2020 in the future. And, and like the current, it was, oh, like, no. cause it was like back in time and the current guy's like, yeah. Oh, Hey, how does it look there? And he's like, not good. <laughs> but it was, fun. it was pretty funny. <laughs> The um I have seen that. That's a good one. The um but hey, you know what's funny though is what's fascinating is we all get so mentally tied up in all of this craziness. We turn on the news, we go onto Facebook, everything is just kooky in our minds right now. And unfortunately, what we all lose sight of are really the behind the scenes tea leaves of what's going on. How are things really shaping up? Or it doesn't mean there's not problems everywhere. It doesn't mean there's not millions of people on unemployment and hundreds of thousands of businesses that have gone under and certain sectors like, you know, obviously leisure and travel and restaurants and all of these places gotten beat to death. But even through all of that chaos, there are some really strong underpinnings happening in the economy. You know, it's funny. The, you ever heard of the Federal Reserve? Well, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, well, I'm just got, I, I think start, everybody out there has heard. Of I got to build Reserve, the base Michael. case right here. You know? so, okay, okay. There's a thing called the Federal Reserve. I would like to think that's a reasonably credible group of people. I would like to think. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, sound human beings. So there's a bunch of actual Federal Reserves uh, screwing across the country that make up the one giant Federal Reserve. And so the Federal Reserve of Atlanta what they do is on their government website, which is, I don't know what it is. What is frbatlanta.org? Okay, that sounds very government-y. Um, what they do 
is they have this website called GDP now and they use high frequency data. So they're looking at current modeling of, you know, ISM manufacturing reports and unemployment numbers and all the different things that come out on a weekly basis. They use that data to predict and project what current quarter GDP is and they update it every few days, really once a week when it comes, when new data comes out. Any guesses, Tony, so far what they estimate the third quarter GDP at? If you had to uh, guess. Nope. Good guess. Uh, they've estimated <laughs> it at the moment. Their latest estimate as of October 9th is 35.2%. That's annualized, oh. by the way. Um, but whoa. What a big yeah. number, right? Yeah. You know, we turn on the news and the news implies that, you know, it's all over. It's a done deal. The The chicken is cooked, right? Well, the reality is, is behind the scenes, things have been improving significantly. Manufacturing, jobs numbers, all of these things have come back a lot. Doesn't mean that we don't have problems everywhere, right? But still, right. that is massive. Now we're coming off of the second quarter GDP which was the worst one-year GDP decline, or excuse me, quarter GDP decline ever. It was annualized at a little over 31%. So we're about to have 30, 35% as a recovery. Now, this is an estimate, so who knows what it comes in at, but I find that these uh, the Atlanta Federal Reserve is pretty accurate with this stuff because they're just using the current data to project the modeling. But that's incredible. You know, what a, what a big rebound in GDP, which is a positive um, you know, if you, if you look at it like that, right, it's not right. a positive if you want another stimulus check, the, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, that's how the government looks at it, right? Everyone yeah. kind of works on this, this back and forth thing. If economic data is coming out really good, it kind of slows the idea of like, well, do we really need to spend another couple trillion bucks? Ugh, right. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. does See, to me, it, it should be more targeted, Tony, right? The, it, you get into those subsectors of people who's very specifically on unemployment, what sectors, you know, the airlines or whoever have really, you know, just gotten destroyed. How can we do surgery and help those versus doing these broad sweeping things that, you know, a little too broad sweeping? Yeah. Woo. Getting fired <laughs> up here. All right. All right. You let's are, get in it. Let's get you into are it. Fired I, up. I got more. There's more where that came from. What? Oh, You're kidding me. It's, Tony. I'm going to have to quick drink this cup of coffee just to keep up with Do you. it. Do it. Come on. Chug. Chug. Anyways. <laughs> All right. What other high frequency data? Obviously, uh, jobless claims continue to be large. Initial jobless claims are how many people are filing for unemployment. It's been below the million dollar mark, which is or million people mark. You know, it's in the 800,000 range. Continuing jobless claims is how many people are on unemployment still. So that just broke down below 11 million. Now, horrific number, right? That's a horrific yeah. number. Yeah. Um, number. However, the peak was about 20 million. So we've already gotten 50% of the jobs back that were lost in April or what was it? March and April. Yeah. So that's a positive. Still terrible. Still a lot of people suffering, but at least it's moving in the right direction. And let's be fair, Tony, when, when all this started happening, you get into like that May time frame, all the economists and everybody said, oh my gosh, we're going to have double digit, double digit unemployment for probably, you know, three, four, five years. And it took basically three, four, five months to get back down into single digit. It's still high, but it just came in for September at what? 7.9% unemployment. Still bad, mm -hmm. but Hey, it's improving. Here's a fun fact. You want a fun fact? Fun fact? Yeah, Anyone? I'm Anyone? ready. So we track the supply of motor gasoline in the U.S. Now, why would that be relevant? 
Because what does it mean if people are using gasoline in their coaches? The economy is strong. That means they're traveling people and they're are traveling. out about doing right. things. Yeah. So at this point, year over year, so that's kind of, we look at big picture, then we look at micro. Um, year over year, the supply of motor gasoline is only down 6%. That's actually oddly low. I mean, to put that in perspective, box office receipts, people going to the movie theater, year over year is down 91%, right? Wow. It's because all yeah. the theaters are closed. But when you say, oh my gosh, you know, gasoline supplies are only down 6% year over year. So it's it's softened, but that really does imply that, guess what? Everybody's still out driving around. So where are you going? Are you going on vacation or are you going to work? You know, one way or another, you're going somewhere. And yeah. one way or another, generally, when you go somewhere, you spend money, right? And isn't that what kind of generates GDP and generates economy and all of those right. things? Right. Great point. It's you know, a good so, indicator. So it's kind of interesting to say, yeah, it's certainly down year over year, but it's not down, unfortunately, that bad. I mean, you look at hotel occupancy. It's down a lot, but year over year, it's only down 29%. That still stinks. But still, that means that, you know, people are still going to hotels. They're not driving as much um, to the hotels. Uh, restaurants. So we use Open Table as a uh, kind of look at the um, restaurant industry. Year over year, it's down 44%. So still, that's terrible, right? But at least it's only down 44% instead of 100% or whatever crazy number it was at one point. Um so there's a lot of interesting things that are shaping up in the economy. The GDP is coming in stronger. All of that stuff is working out really well. I realize, you know, current events, Tony, we're playing into an election here pretty quickly. And that's a making of people look crazy. It is. Gosh, dude. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The Boy, I, I quit after this, right? You know, after this election, I'm done. I don't care about any further elections. I'm over it. Well, it's hard. I'm, you need I'm to out. care about elections in a, no, in a I know, you know even it's, a it's democratic just, republic. But wow, it's crazy. just fascinating. You know, it's just exhausting and how polarized everybody is. Hey, by the way, Tony, have you watched that uh, that documentary on Netflix? This was it called the yes, Social Dilemma. Social, yeah, Social Dilemma. Woo, I think everybody should watch that. Yes, number one. And then yeah. what you should do is put your phone in your garbage disposal in your kitchen sink. Yep. And and then number two. You know what the most interesting part to me was? When Stay like, off social media is kind of the well, message. Well, that was the message. Yeah. But what was interesting is when they said, you know, people love, you know, free stuff. What they don't realize is when they get something for free, they're the product. Yep. It's all, ugh. Yep. So anyways, everybody should watch that. Netflix, The Social Dilemma, I believe it was called. Yes, it is. It's very but good. Talk about how these big tech companies are, are socially engineering all of us to become crazy. And then you overlay that to what's going on in the country right now. And with the election and stuff, you say, oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's a it recipe all, for disaster. That all yeah, makes I, sense. I made my kids watch it. Uh, I said, we're going to I watched it on my own one yeah. night. Uh, everyone went to bed. Oh, I think I'll watch it. People recommend it. And then I, I'm like, ah, guess what we're doing in a family? We're going to watch this uh, ah, documentary. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. See, I had a hard time getting through it. I was just looking at my phone too much. <laughs> oh, you see, Michael, that was oh. the point of the. You see <laughs> what you did there? Yeah. Uh, Stay off the phone. Stay off the social media. Uh, People are just, just constantly garbage. looking down at their phones. Yeah. And I have usually, to admit, 
I look at my phone a lot, but I actually don't use social media. So the good news is, is so I'm what not, are you looking at? Well, I, I hang out on like the CNBC app oh, and sure. investment. Like I, I do, I'm kind of addicted to looking at all that stuff and checking all that yeah. stuff and emails and things like that. But well, good sure. news is I'm not, I'm not addicted on any level to social media. Facebook or, Whew, or uh, I didn't Twitter. say that to make myself better than everybody. Facebook but. and Twitter. I'll be honest. Facebook's tough for me. I love it. Uh, all yeah. my friends from because I have friends from when I lived in LA and Nashville yeah. and work for record companies there. So I've got my music industry friends and radio industry friends. Yeah. And so we all keep in touch on former high school friends and we all keep in touch on Facebook because that's kind of my age group. That's what we do. Uh, so I love it. And mm-hmm. my wife and I are constantly on Facebook. Uh, but after seeing social dilemma, you know, I get it. Yeah, it's scary. You know, we're all, it is scary and we're all guilty of that. I do, um, my Facebook feed has uh, little to no political. I avoid the political stuff. Oh, uh, I know. And mine's mostly about music because I'm a record collector. So I use Facebook to keep in touch with live performances by artists and listen to music. And uh, we turn each other on. You know, friends might say, hey, I got this new album. You should check it out or check out this artist. Or nice. I-, I belong to artists, you know, uh, feeds where they... I'll get a post in my feed saying, hey, we've got a new music video out. Check it out. And I'm like, wow, that band hasn't done an album in 20 years. I can't wait to see this. So you know what I mean? There's That's what I use it for. So I think that's a little healthier because it's just part of, a, yeah. you know, part of a, a hobby I have. But now social media in general, you can get going on if you go on rants or politics well, or opinions. And that's yeah, really Or you just bad. spend your days trolling your ex-girlfriends because you got nothing yeah. to do. Um yeah, I or do have a Facebook account yeah. personally. I just have, I just do not use it. I said right. it like 15 years ago. Uh, we have a Facebook account for my office here, the Lynn yeah, Group, and that's good. Um, I approve all the content that goes on it, but I do not put it on there, nor do I know how to. Um, no clue how to access Twitter. No clue how to access Instagram. Um, well, you're too busy. You know, and you don't get you don't let yourself get distracted with that stuff, which is kind of what that show is about. But people are distracted. And I think your point was uh, the political climate we're in. It makes people crazy, and well, especially it, on social media. Well, that's what I took away from that documentary was it? it really does help polarize people because it wants to keep you on the screen. So it feeds you all of the things that it thinks you'd be entertained with. And what it does is it just really creates these like in the old days, if you just watched the news in the old, old days, you'd get a little bit of both sides of the story. Right. And now everybody is just kind of getting their side of the story. Right. Um, and it's just really playing to these, this, like I said, that polarization. So anyways, boring, moving on. Um, <laughs> well, I, I think the polarization of our country isn't a boring topic. It's an important one, but you know, uh, it's kind of big. True. We're not going to solve it on the show today, you know? We could try. I could. I could solve. I could solve it in about five minutes. But I, yeah, you know, I don't want to <laughs> upset anybody. Right. The, um. So, <laughs> anyways, uh, as we move down the line of Corona Ronanomics here, uh, you know, obviously in the news, it's very true that there are starting to be upticks in cases. Ever since the beginning of September, daily cases have been trending back higher. They're certainly not where they were in June and July, um, but they are certainly trending higher. Now, what I find interesting about that is the news stinks. The news always says stuff like, oh, cases are up. Totally true. 
But what they're not really talking about is the, you know, kind of the subcategories of that. Well, how are daily mortality rates doing? How is hospitalizations doing? How are ICUs and ventilator patients doing? And so prior to September, things were trending down, meaning daily cases were going down and daily average deaths on average were going down. And so they were trending together as they also were trending up. So at the moment, what we have, though, is as we get more daily new cases, we finally have a divergence right now where we're seeing that the on average, the daily mortality rate is still staying flat and trending down a little bit, which is at least good because I think a lot of what's happened when I read statistical data on this is like you had colleges go back. And so you're having a lot more of those middle-aged people, you know, the, the 20 to 30-year-old kind of people getting 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 diagnosed. Um, I mean, I read a recent update that, you know, 70,000 college students have been diagnosed, but there's only been three hospitalizations. So, you know, it's you know, definitely more cases, but obviously not necessarily right. leading to this I don't want to say it's not a health crisis. It is a health crisis, but you know, you see where I'm going here. We we don't have a significant increase in mortality. We don't have a significant increase in hospitalizations based on those new cases. So it's interesting. Yeah, that's that's the good news. I mean, the bad news is, uh, you know, with kids trying to get kids back to school, they've seen a huge upswing in cases among those kids. But you know, the mortality rates and hospitalization rates are. Yeah almost non-existent yeah and, and yeah. there is really a disparity between kind of that under 18 over 18 it seems the colleges are getting more cases whereas the elementary schools haven't had really much of an increase because <laughs> at least here no one goes to elementary school hey fun fact here from the yeah. cares act does anybody remember the cares act the cares act was passed by congress back i gosh it's been so long right you know when was that it must have been april yeah and Hospital hospitals that admitted over 160 COVID-19 patients from January to June 10th received $50,000 in what was defined as high impact payments per eligible admission from the CARES Act. Hmm. I thought that that was an interesting fact. I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna allow everybody to read into that however they want. I just thought that that was an interesting bullet point from the CARES Act that if you hit a certain amount of COVID-19 patients, then mysteriously you started getting a massive wheelbarrow full of money coming into your hospital. Um, yeah, I didn't realize that was part of the CARES Act, to be yeah, honest, that yeah. the hospitals got extra money. Yeah, well, huh. it came, it's coming through the CARES Act. Interesting. Because it cares. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm surprised they didn't pass a second relief package like they said they were going to. Politics, now, my friend. Yeah, but now Politics. it looks like they might. I don't know. Well, it's 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 a tough pickle, right? You know, the, the and I and I get both sides of the argument. You know, one one side of the argument like on the conservative side is, dude, our debt to GDP ratio looks like one of uh Musk's uh, SpaceX rockets right now. You know, it, it just shot up like a missile. Our GDP goes down. Our debt increases um, massively. We just spent trillions of dollars this year we don't have. And so we can't just keep spending trillions of dollars, we'll say, unaccounted for. And, and you know, whereas, you know, 
the liberal argument is no, we need to spend trillions of dollars, I guess. Um, you know, and so there's this disparity, right, where the government is fighting, you know, uh, one side wants to pass a two point two trillion dollar deal right now. And one side wants to pass. I think it was one point six. They just anteed up to one point eight. Still, you know, healthy divergence in it. And so it hasn't been going well getting that passed, Tony. And so what the president did last week, you know, and we'll see how this works, is he said, screw it. Let's not try to pass the whole thing. Let's do surgery. You know what? If you guys can't get along, you know, Congress can't figure out how to pass, uh, you know, an all-encompassing thing, let's do surgery and focus on one thing at a time. So let's say, hey, let's give out those $1,200 stimulus checks. If we all agree, let's sign a micro bill just to deal with that. Uh, how much do we need to fund for small businesses? Okay, let's sign a micro bill and do that. You know, what do the airlines need? Let's sign a micro bill and do that. So instead of just doing this encompassing thing that nobody can agree on, his approach was, well, let's just let's just kind of bite it off in pieces and try to help out where it's needed. And of course, if you watch the news, you would know that. Actually, I thought that was a personally, I thought that was kind of an interesting approach. He said, ah, wow, you know, well, do something. Let's get something done here. People are hurting. And, uh, of course that as usual has gotten no traction. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Politics. Well, you know what? Uh, coronanomics or Rononomics. I love it. Uh, another great update. Is there anything else you want to add for our listeners before we have to go today, Michael? No, you know, I've got a whole other section I was going to get into on, on tax policy with election junk. And honestly, it would just burn everybody out. So I think for the sake of today, we'll probably wrap it up right there. Put a pretty bow tie on the mess. And next week, taxes, taxes, taxes. I'm, and the reason I'm saying that, Tony, is because I know I'm going to get everyone all excited. Like, whoa, next week he's going to talk about taxes. And everybody is going to be sitting, waiting, waiting, waiting for the show to come out. It's going to be incredible. <laughs> that's true. Well, they always do. Yeah. Taxes. The anticipation. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. That's for ooh, a tax I, episode. I can't yeah. wait. <laughs> way to way to really tease the next episode all right on a final 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 point the real question is tony on november 5th no matter who the president is would you still buy a pizza yes oh okay so guess what everybody it doesn't matter who the president is at the end of the day the world moves on economics yeah. still move on. It doesn't just implode. People will still go buy their iPhone. People will still go to McDonald's and buy their cheeseburger. Remember, you are not investing in politics. You're investing in companies. So if you think those companies still have a life after the election, then hey, that's a good company. So if you think you'll never buy your iPhone again because of whoever the president is, well, then maybe you shouldn't own Apple stock. So there's your, there's your thought of the day. Exactly. That's awesome. Well, hey, great show today, Michael. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of The Wealth Puzzle with our host, Michael Mansfield. Thank you for listening to The Wealth Puzzle. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805-500-7035 or visit them online at thelindgroup.com. 
All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by the Lynn Group Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of California. Insurance products and services are offered through the Lynn Group LLC. The Lynn Group LLC and the Lynn Group Advisors LLC are not affiliated companies. Lynn Group LLC the Lynn Group Advisors LLC and Michael Mansfield are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.